Manufacturing's Late Model Live. 89%. The number this weekend right there in big, bold red letters on your screen was 89%. 89% of scheduled Dirt Late Model races happened this weekend. If you are scoring at home, that is the Super Mario Brothers theme song. Turn well done back there. I yeah. love that pull, by the way. That is clearly a victory in the spring of 2018. While I'm sure Josh King is listening to this right now saying, great, I make up the 11% that did not get in. We are trying to look at the positive. We're all about the spin zone here at DOD, but seriously, apologies to Josh and Florence again for raining out the third consecutive week. This is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, April 3rd. And it was a it was a fun weekend. The Dirt on Dirt crew got out there and was live all weekend long from LaSalle where Tony Izzo Jr. seriously stuck his neck out and got the thaw brawl in despite some frigid temperatures. And the rest of the country saw some good racing too. My name is Michael Rigsby alongside, there he is, Turn, put yourself on, my trusty sage, Michael Turn Reiners. And we are here for the next hour to catch you up on everything that happened in this past glorious weekend in the world of Dirt Late Model Racing. We will preview this weekend's shows, including the $20,000 to win Bad Boy 98 at Batesville Motor Speedway for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and roll through everything else as we see fit as the month of April, April turn, the month of April is honest. But how about this? Last weekend, it snows 10 inches. It all melts, and we race at LaSalle albeit in cold temperatures. Then Easter Sunday, 24 hours after Chris Simpson wins 15 grand in Illinois, it snows three more inches with ice in Illinois. Turn, you would agree, the weather has been freaking schizophrenic in Illinois, right? Uh, it's just, it's obnoxious is what <laughs> That's it is. That's a good word I'm for ready it for, well. I'm ready for spring. Uh, it's spring, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm ready for summer. You're ready for summer, <laughs> yeah. yes. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be 30 degrees and then 90 degrees. Yes. We all know this Midwestern situation. But this is one of those rare spring weekends where our opening segment, five things that we'll have here in a minute, is actually all about racing. Usually from, I guess I'd say January through March, I mix in some other industry items, but not tonight. I wanted to pay respect to the fact that enough races got in to recap, so we're rolling that content out in five things. Tonight, by the way, we are paying attention to something I'm very excited about. Steve Casebolt and I will catch up here in a minute. The unwritten rules of dirt late model racing. We're going to talk about that shortly. Things I don't want to give them away. I don't want to give them away, but things like... Uh, don't wear your own T-shirt. Things like that. These unwritten rules of late model racing in honor of baseball starting. And, of course, there's the unwritten rules of baseball. Also, the Twitter question tonight, and I'm really interested to see what people had to say. Turn, throw that up there. Do drivers change equipment, chassis, engines, shocks, etc., 
now more than ever. And for what reason are they making those switches? Tweet us your thoughts right now. Hashtag Late Model Live at, late, at Dirt on Dirt, of course, that is. I want to know. It does seem like that's a, an interesting phenomena that's happening more and more. I'm hoping we get some actual drivers to respond to that Twitter question as well. I want to hear why. Uh, we keep a pretty detailed list of who's running what chassis shocks. So like I said, it's been more and more lately. In turn, I don't think I have to tell you for this week's top 25, I'm in a better mood yeah, than I was last week. Last week, I had to yell at people, turn, and I don't like... Turn, do I ever yell at you? I mean... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. It was a little testy in the office earlier today, yeah. if I may say so myself. But, of course, I whipped turn into shape and got things going <laughs> the way they need to be. But I hope to not have to yell at anybody this week. I even wore short sleeves in honor of this beautiful spring weather tonight. Turn, speaking of, throw the graphic up one more time. There it is, yes. people. 89% this past weekend. We did it. Uh, let's hope for... I'm shooting for like 60 this coming weekend. Let's go five things, turn. <laughs> Number one on five things, I'm a sucker for a photo finish. And we got one this weekend on Friday at the Thaw Brawl. Shannon Babb down the back straight away. The checkered is coming into turn three. Out of turn four, your Thaw Brawl winner. Shannon Babb, but not by much. We will address the goon squad standing up in front of the camera later in the show, but let's first drink in how great this race was. In his first night out of the year, Shannon Babb started 12th used every inch of the quarter mile to charge through the field, got a little luck right here when Brian Shirley had a flat right rear and pounded the cushion, losing the lead with two to go. And then Bab holds off Ricky Weiss as they come to the checkered flag. He barely edged the Canadian for the $5,000 victory. And for those of us who grew up in Illinois, it was vintage Bab. Cushion pounding, up on the wheel entertainment. He may not race a ton anymore, but believe me, he still got it. I really picked up speed and caught up to him, and I think that's what happened to him. I think his front end just kind of gave up, the tires did, and and um, and he shoved, got up there, and I was just, you know, and it, I, it was now or never try to get by him, so I, I got by him, and, uh, you know, without, I don't know how we didn't touch, but we didn't, luckily got by him, and then I was just trying to hold Ricky off, and uh, running that top is treacherous. I just, I didn't want to pile in there and push like Brian did, so I kind of, you know, babied it through the, the turn there in three and four, and hell, I almost went high and gave it up to Ricky there on the on the last corner. It was a pretty good race. I could stay with him, and uh, Bab slipped up coming out of four there a little bit, and I thought, well, if I could just had a little bit more to leave the corner, but uh, we're happy with that. I mean, car's in one piece, and uh, heck, I mean, that's, what more can you ask for? Is Shannon Babb the greatest cushion driver of all time? Turn, is he the greatest? I think so. He's good. Turn says yes. I think he is, too. He was vintage on Friday night. Number two on five things. Bab may have provided the finish of the weekend, but there were bigger financial fish to fry Saturday night at LaSalle where Chris Simpson got the largest dollars win of his career, 15000 and he got that title belt for the Thaw Brawl win. The Iowan, who our own Derek Kessinger correctly predicted for the victory, really just handled the field on Saturday. And keep in mind, and I think Chris would be honest about this, he was in the quote, they should probably cancel this race because it's too cold, camp. He's lucky they didn't. Not only did he get the big win, he had to use the top side of the racetrack to do it. As both he and his brother agreed, it kind of caught both of them off guard. Chris kind of beat me in my own game. I'm normally on the top, and he's normally on the bottom. So uh, hats off to him. He had a great race car tonight. I found that top, and, I mean, that, the car just drove right around that top really good. So uh, it wasn't easy, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I don't like to be up there, but, uh, you know, we, we got it done up there for sure. Pretty much, you know, 70 out of the 75 laps we were up there. So uh, feels good to, to get it done up there. I'm sure J.D. will text me here in a little while saying he's proud of me. And let's take a minute to give Tony Izzo Jr. another shout-out. He could have easily punted on this race Saturday, given the forecast, and that the windshield, by the way, turned 25 degrees Saturday night. He could have said no, but he did not. And Chris Simpson and the Dirt Lake Model World are better because of it. Number three, before we dive into the awesomeness of Sonoya Raceway this weekend for the Spring Nationals, how about this statistic? The last time Scott Bloomquist competed for a race paying $3,000 to win, other than an Eldora prelim, was April 2nd, 2006 at North Alabama Speedway, where he won $3,000. I mention this because some of you brought this to my attention. Bloomquist was in attendance Friday at Sonoya for a race that paid $3,000, where he not only started ninth in the feature, but wove his way through the pack and passed Clint Smith right there with two to go to get the win. I've been talking Sonoya up forever the last couple of years, but don't listen to me. Listen to the best to ever do it. Yeah, you know, really this racetrack's pretty awesome. Uh, and I can't say enough for it. You know, we've just been down here one time and and had a new car, just just missed everything, you know, just weren't quite prepared. But, you know, this, we've been running pretty good here lately. And, uh, yeah, again, this is one slick, slick racetrack, you know, <laughs> so I wish it was in my backyard. Saturday night stepped up to 10 grand and the track was really good again before it kind of buckled down late after a caution. But prior to that, Bloomquist and Dale McDowell were all over it. McDowell eventually got the best of his sweet Bloomquist partner in crime and notched his second victory of the season. Hats off to these guys. I mean, the racetrack kind of locked down there to last and and um, I was felt pretty good early up top, which is really not more my forte, but uh, was making it work. And uh, so hats off to Scott. I mean, it's his design stuff, him, Cody, and, uh, you know, Sweet Bloomquist race cars. In his last six starts, McDowell's finished no worse than eighth. And also remember, this was another droop rule race, and the racing seemed to be pretty good all weekend. Scott even commented it wasn't a big deal. The deeper we get into the season, I think people will have almost forgotten that it was even a thing. Number four, I love the vengeance tour that Chris Madden is on right now. And every person that he's proving wrong deserves it, me included. We talked about it a lot last week. It's not that anyone doubted, doubted that Chris Madden had the ability to drive or put a team together. We just knew that he had so much success with Longhorn and that Barry Wright had recently struggled with Jonathan Davenport. So it was kind of natural for all of us to go, huh, is this going to work? In Madden, again, is giving us all the metaphorical middle finger on the way to the bank. He dominated Saturday night's Ed Gibbons Memorial Race at Fayetteville, leading every lap, winning 10 grand, and driving it home again afterwards. This is just the beginning for all the doubters out there. I guess it's just uh, answering a lot of those people that uh, doubted uh, me, and, um, me and my, I guess, uh, my knowledge to be able to put a race team together to be able to compete uh you know i've been doing this a long time so uh we just want to thank everybody that's involved with this 44 team that stuck with us through this switch and uh you know i hope our year continues the way it started madden has run nine races this year his average finish is 5.6 so he's basically top five every night i hope he calls us all out all year Keep it coming, Chris. I love it. And finally, number five, Hagerstown got that mid-Atlantic season rolling Saturday night. And as predicted by me, solid car count, 
good regional field, and just a very Hagerstown feel to the entire night. One of the nice guys in our sport, Trevor Feathers. And by the way, Turn, it was suggested to me that the name Trevor, with the name Trevor Feathers, he could maybe work in other more adult persuasions. I'm just going to leave it alone at that. Feathers led every lap, and now keep in mind, he gets a guaranteed starting spot in the Lucas Oil Race at Hagerstown in a few weeks, and the local announcer putting pressure on him already as soon as this one was over. Yeah, we've been talking about it, trying to get back up here and run uh, for the for the Lucas show, and uh, this week, Dad was like, I don't know if we're going to go, and we've done, we got a, uh, one of the new fuel cells with the flip over valve, we've got a fire bottle, we've got the SFI rated seat now. We're coming to the Lucas show, especially with this now. Well, I'll tell you what, you got a feather in your hat, I'm going to pick you to win that event, because it's been done before where the Lucas Oil guys got upset. You're my pick to win that event coming up here on the 21st. Uh, that's, that, that's a little far-fetched. Them guys, are, they're professionals, you know, they do it every day, and they go out and test, and this is the first time I've been in the car in six months. I love it. This, the announcer doing his own Swab's Lock of the Week. He has to. He also has to get a tattoo, by the way, Turn. If Feathers does not win, he has to get a tattoo. That was five things for the week. You know, we talk about it all the time on this show. Uh, by the way, would you force that announcer to get a tattoo in a one line? That's like a one-game situation? Or uh, no? I mean, one game. I, yeah, but he's I only got to get one right, right? True. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna. I gotta. I, I don't know that announcer's name. I'm gonna get it, and him and I are gonna talk on the show next week. Fair. How's that yeah, sound? There gonna, you go. I, gotta, I need a quick drink. <laughs> I need a quick drink. All this tattoo talk turns making me thirsty. You know, we talk about it on the show all the time that we are huge sports fans. I mean, just you see that there, turn there he is, Coach K. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't sound exciting. <laughs> In addition to our love for late model racing, me and Derek especially love sports. We go wild over the NCAA tournament. Now, this past week, it's opening day in baseball. And one thing you hear all the time when referencing America's game is the unwritten rules of baseball. Those things that you will not find in a rule book that are just understood that players and managers and everyone follows. And all of the credit goes to Todd Turner for this, but he's been wanting to work on a similar idea for late model racing. What are the unwritten rules of our sport? And when you start talking about some of those, they're fantastic. And in a slow news time right now in March and April, it's a perfect scenario to discuss them. The unwritten rules of dirt late model racing, it's what we're paying attention to this week. So here's how this is going to work. On the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline right now is veteran driver and Twitter funny man, Steve Casebolt. I'm going to go through five or six unwritten rules, Steve, and we'll get a thumbs up or thumbs up, thumbs up, or a thumbs down from Casebolt on whether this is a thing and whether you think this is an unwritten rule. Steve, are you ready to go for this? I'm ready to rock. All right, you're ready to rock. Here we go. Unwritten, I... unwritten rule number one, if you are the leader you can spin out a lapped car if he is in the way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Explain <laughs> that know, a it's little bit. Not, it's, not it's not something you want to do, I don't think, but sometimes it just has to be done. And, and uh, I, think that, I think that anybody that's leading a race knows that, um, uh, that the most important thing there is to, is obviously win the race and not let not let somebody that's not even really a factor affect that. And so uh, 
I've actually done it before. I was uh, <laughs> leading a race, and and I see, and and we were at Florence, and O'Neill was running second, and he was all over me for the for the lead, and uh, we came up on a lap car, and uh, I had I, I just had no choice. I was going as hard as I could. O'Neill's at Florence, his best track. He's yeah. getting ready to drive by him. He's going to win the race, and we're running second, so. So I had to punt this guy, and and he <laughs> and it it, it, act, it actually worked out really well because it, it caused the yellow, and uh, I got to uh, gather my bearings up and got rolling again. So and then the guy that I spun out, um, it was actually it was actually Jesse Lay. He, he we laughed about it a couple weeks later, so he was too upset. But uh, um, but yeah, I think I think that's something that has to be done every okay. now and then. Totally agree. From my perspective, get the hell out of the way. The 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 leader can spin whoever he wants out. In my opinion, okay, that's my number two. Unwritten... <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to, but if you have right, to, right? Yeah. Of course, of course. Unwritten rule number two: Never under any circumstance do you wear your own racing T-shirt. Yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the number one sure way to look like a goon. Roll up and wearing your own T-shirt. <laughs> You don't ever want to do that. Do you ever recall a driver doing it and you heckled him for it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, I think I may have done it one time. And then, like, I was, like, 16 years old or 17, and I'd just gotten my first racing shirt. <laughs> and uh, and I, ha- I think I had it on. And nobody said anything, but I just didn't feel right. I had to go up <laughs> in the truck and, and change it, but... It just it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right at all. <laughs> you are two for two right now. You're nailing it, Steve. All right, number three. Uh-huh. In a post-race interview, if you're going to badmouth another driver, it's okay to do it as long as you use their car number and not their name. So just say we're going to use Tim McCready as an example. Boy, 39 really screwed me over out there. Boy, 39 was all over the track. You can do it <laughs> if you use car number and not name, yes or no? Uh, I don't I don't know. I try not to do it um, <laughs> unless it's somebody that I just don't really like, um, and in, in which case I'd, I'd use their name anyway. Okay. But there's not very many of those guys out there. So I like most all the guys I race with, but there are a handful of them that there's no love lost, and, and if they if their name came up in an interview, I'd use their name and not their number. All right, turn. So maybe our first disagreement. Right. I like the idea of a guy using a car number, but uh, okay, I can handle it, though, it's, Steve. It's more politically correct. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll call that one a tie. So you're uh, 2-0-1 right now. Number four, <laughs> never throw your previous chassis builder under the bus when making a chassis switch and then doing an interview. So you don't want to trash the previous chassis builder. Is that, does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that goes for anything in life in general. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's hard to keep your mouth shut, but uh, but yeah, you don't. I mean, it's not a very big sport, and and realistically, there's only three or four uh, chassis manufacturers that 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 each driver gets to choose from based on what region they're from, and you go you go trashing everybody, and nobody's going to want to mess with you anymore. All right, so you, you are nailing this right now. You're doing so good. Uh, number five, last two <laughs> last two questions here. It's only okay to look at another driver's tires when they're in staging, but totally unacceptable anywhere else. So you can walk up and look at these guys' tires in the staging lane, but nowhere else. Yes or no? I think that is true, but you can get by with it if it's uh, if it's one of your buddies or something. So okay. say, for instance, if... Uh, before at Eldora and Jeep thinks he's got the um, <laughs> the hot setup on the tires and he's got tape or stickers or whatever over and where I can't see them or a 
for a pit man, I'm going to move that stuff probably and look and see what he's got anyway. And he's just going to have to be mad, I guess. So you're walking straight up to Jeep Van Wormer's car and moving his pit mat is what you're telling me? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you can't just do that to anybody. I mean, you might come walk away with a fat lip if you do it to somebody else. Which is the, if it's one of your buddies, you can get by with which it. Which is yeah. the perfect segue to my final question in the unwritten rules of dirt late model racing. Last final question. Speaking of tires, you cannot go up to a high-profile driver and ask them for tire advice unless you guys share a chassis situation and or a hometown connection. So some weekly guy cannot stroll up to Billy Moyer and just go, hey, man, what do you got on the right rear? Unless he's got the same kind of car or maybe he's like from Batesville, basically. Is that fair to say? I'm going to, no, I'm going to say false on that. Okay, okay. Actually, you bring you bring Billy Moyer up, and, and I, 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 I've picked his brain a time or two, and especially when I first got started, um, I would walk up and ask, nose around on tires or whatever. And it's actually the exact opposite. The worse you are, the more likely you are, you are to get help from one of those guys. Really? But if they think, you, yeah, if they think you're going to beat them, they're not going to tell you what tires they're going to run. But if, if they think you're new or you're still learning or you're just not really up to speed, those guys will help you. Okay. And, uh, and, and so I'm going to, I'm going to have to say, stay wrong on that. Cause the, I mean, the, the, I mean, even Bloomquist. I mean, those guys. I mean, Bloomquist seems almost unapproachable to most people. But if you just, I mean, he's if you just walk up and talk to him, and those guys will help you. If you need help, they'll help you. Now they're only going to take it so far, but um, once you start start beating them here and there, then then that help's going to end pretty quick. But um, if if you need help, they'll help you. All right. Be honest though. What bonus question? Who's the one a hole that was like, I'm not helping you? Like, there's got to be somebody caseful. Who was it? Who was the guy that goes, I'm not helping this clown? Who was it? Nobody tells you they're not going to help you. They'll just, <laughs> they'll just, they'll just beat around the bush. Well, no, 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 you know, just and there's been a few of those. I don't want to name any names, but uh, <laughs> there there are a few of those. And uh, but for the most part, everybody, all the guys are, are are willing to help. I had a hunch that you would be good for this segment, and once again, Steve Casebolt, I call my shot. You knocked it out of the park. That was a grand slam. You like, I mean, have you ever thought about a media career, by the way, when this whole racing and car wash business nonsense is over? Yeah, I'm down for whatever. I'll, I'll do anything. I got, like, I, I got like four jobs right now, so I'll take another one on any time. Haley would be thrilled to get you out of the house more, I feel like, so this actually might work in your right. favor. All right, Steve, I appreciate it, buddy. Doesn't it feel good? You're helping other competitors, by the way, explaining the unwritten rules. Don't you feel good tonight? I feel great. It feels great, yeah. <laughs> Give the kids and the wife a, a hug and a kiss from everybody at Dirt on Dirt, buddy. We'll talk to you later. I'll do it. Thanks for having right, me. Yep, Steve. That was Case Bolt delivers turn. Case Bolt always, always does. Do you agree with his assessments mainly there? I think so. I, I mean, mean, he's... It's good to get a driver's perspective versus all of us who are media. What are you trying to say? I'm saying that you're not a driver. That's, I mean, that's that's a loose way to put it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Our Twitter question tonight harkens to one of those unwritten rules that we just talked about and deals with driver switching equipment. Do drivers change equipment now more than ever? What reason? What reason? Hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. Get us those answers. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We are back after this. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something, they get it right out. 
and uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is, you know, the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such, you know, good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products, you know, the best in the business, and that's why we run them. Josh Richards in a backup car comes from the tail to win the United Golden Isles. I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. Shepard on the transponder won the race. Superman does it. Jonathan Davenport wins in East Bay. He's holding on for dear life, and he's going to get the win here tonight. Bronson by Heather Carley. Are you kidding me, Wentz? Voodoo Child goes to victory lane. Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win it, Volusia. If you are watching this show and you're thinking, I need a car or a truck, I have your answer. Stop thinking about it. Here you go. MarkMartinAutomotive.com. Go now. They're not only affordable, but they'll ship right to your door. Well, you have to like walk to the driveway turn. And if you want to fly it into Arkansas, they'll even pick you up at the airport. That's some freaking service. Mark Martin Automotive has everything you need. And on a personal note, and I mean this, Mark is really getting into late model racing lately. And I don't think it's just a passing fancy. He loves it. So let's support the people who support us. MarkMartinAutomotive.com. Go now and tell them. Tell them. Dirt on Dirt sent you. Let's see those Twitter answers turn out. Actually, let me get the question again real quick for folks at home. The question was, do drivers change equipment now more than ever, and why? A whole slew of answers. Turn, fire them up. Actually, turn, you take the first one from Adam Martz. Adam Martz says, it seems to me when someone is winning a lot with a certain chassis or engine, more drivers tend to jump toward that brand to try to get an edge over an opponent. I would agree with that. A little you know, monkey see, monkey do. I would say, like, after 2015, you saw a lot of Longhorns after JD's, yep. you know, dominance. Yep. And same with Rocket right now. Yes, uh, I would I would agree with that. Next, please, Bernard Newton. But he, speaking of monkey see, monkey do, there it is. It's all forms of racing, most that chase that never spend the time to perfect any of the packages they are running oh at the time. A little shot, a yeah. little shot to those chassis hoppers out there. I, I get what he's saying. Turn, you got the next one. All right, this is from Drew who, Herchko? I think so. All right. I think they've always changed a lot, and now we notice it more because there are more brand names and equipment than ever. 
and they all change for some reason. They're always trying to lose that extra tenth off the stopwatch. Yeah, he, so basically they all change for the same reason, he said there. Uh, they, they want that extra. They, they're addicted to tenths of seconds. Imagine living in a world like racing where you're addicted to a tenth of a second turn. It would, it's uh, a bizarre yeah. phenomenon. What do we got next? Ryan Ackett, racer, crate racer down south. Yes, they do, because everything is so competitive, and that extra gain by the new and faster equipment is needed, or you will not win. It's just the nature of the game right now. I don't know that I totally agree uh, with Ryan on that, but uh, I think there are people that can not just chassis hop and be successful. Obviously, Scott Bloomquist, but he's Scott Bloomquist. Do we get the Miles Moves one, two, Turner? No, do we have? That's okay. I think Miles uh, sent one into us as well. You know what, Turn? I'm going to take a second to find that one. There you go. Because I, Miles is a, I would call him a friend of the program. It ran really well this past weekend at the Thaw Brawl at yeah. LaSalle Speedway. Was up front. He was up front all weekend, ran good in his heat, kind of had a break. Miles is the guy that always wants video for his Facebook page, and I'm really starting to like that, actually. He's, he's wanting it every week to get out there and promote himself a little bit more, and I'm going to find it, Turn. He had a good response, and by God, I'm going to find it. Turn, where is it? Found it! Miles says, I'm a believer that people are sheep. They will why? continue to... I know, right? That's why I wanted to have it. They will continue to follow the leader instead of putting in the extra work when their cars and shocks. It's easier for them to give up and just go with what the next guy has and hope they somehow outdrive them that night. Zing! How about that? Ooh. Miles is a self-promoter. I like that a little bit. So anyway, I uh, wanted to answer that question. We're going to do a, a little bit of a written story on that in the coming weeks with Todd Turner and Kevin Kovac as well. I was like a dad last week. I hated to do it, but I had to yell at my staff. I had to yell at my staff. Hey, I'm not a voter. You, you just... I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed. I didn't think that Billy Moyer should still be ranked inside the top 25. I love Billy Moyer. Just didn't think his season with a few races had warranted. Did my voters listen to me this week? Let's take a look at the JRI Shocks Top 25, powered by our good friends at JRI Shocks. Top, turn, uh, top 10, not all that changed. Brandon Shepard uh, did lose one first-place vote. Scott Bloomquist gets a win and a second at Sonoya, so that shaved that off a little bit. Dale McDowell moves up one spot with his victory in Georgia. Brandon Overton slides down one. Marler Pearson Clanton uh, pretty hold, holding steady there inside the top 10. 11 through 20, how about the season that the young Canadian Ricky Weiss is having? Up five spots at the pole after running good at LaSalle again. And that was an interesting situation, him coming to LaSalle and not going to Sonoya. Tyler Herb continues to pick off top twos and threes down there and the comp cams and the Mississippi State Challenge Series stuff. So he bumps up to number 12. Uh, but Ricky Weiss, the big mover there. And well, look at Chris this. Simpson coming from uh, the not I, I was just getting ready to say, yeah. Chris Simpson, who I've consistently had 23, 24, 25, comes from unranked to the 17-hole turn. That is a big leap from eight spots at least into the 17th spot. What else we got? 21 through 25. Another, Another one turn. Who is it? Shannon Bab. Shannon Bab, the cushion-pounding exploits Friday, earned Bab a spot his first weekend out inside the top 25. A lot of people are very busy in our industry, but I'm not sure many are more busy than Batesville promoter Mooney Star. He's selling cars, he's promoting races, he's doing a million things, if you know Mooney. So we had to catch up with Mooney this afternoon just to squeeze him into the show to preview this weekend's Bad Boy 98. 
There are a lot of good races this coming weekend, but there is a clear headliner on Friday and Saturday. The Bad Boy 98 is back at Batesville Motor Speedway on Friday and Saturday as Lucas hops back into action. $20,000 to win in this, the seventh annual Bad Boy, which is hard to believe. I remember the first one like it was yesterday. Turn, put a little bit of that video up. Jimmy Owens won a car in the first Bad Boy 98. There he is getting in the car. He said his son Nathan was going to get that car on his 16th birthday. That's not his son. That's the fan who also won a car. I'll have to ask Jimmy if that's still the case. Does Nathan still get this car when he turns 16? There, there's Nathan right there. I would absolutely love to know that. This weekend, the winner gets a cool $20,000. And I liked having a promoter on the line so much last week that I wanted to do it again this week. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is a guy that I would say is arguably one of the most recognizable promoting names in our sport now and historically, a guy who has always had big ideas and usually followed through on them. Promoter at Batesville Motor Speedway, Mooney Starr, joins me now. Mooney, first time I've had you on Late Model Live, and I'm excited about that. First thing I have to ask you, do you still get as excited about a big race week in Batesville as you did 25 years ago. Is that fire for Mooney Star still there? Heck, it, it actually is even more now. I got real excited. I, uh, real quick, last year I came up with a crazy idea on a modified race, and it turned out I lost money, but I'm, I'm used <laughs> to that. But I, but I know you got to build put building blocks before you can build a house. And I know it's going to be big, and I'm back geared up, and I got some crazy ideas for modifieds and late models that I – I want to pursue. Maybe not as much as that other boy does, that Cody, but he's got deeper. He's got some deeper pockets. But yeah, I'm real excited. I've always described Batesville as one of the best race towns in America, especially on Topless 100 weekend. It's so alive with racers, racing people, racing companies. Of course, Mark Martin lives there. Billy Moyer is there in his trophy room, which is famous for late model fans. Larry Shaw's shop is there. New Vision Graphics. Batesville's there. Tell the fans out there, how ingrained is racing in Batesville, especially on big weekends like this? It's just part of the fabric of Batesville, isn't it? Well, you know, I could even go ahead and throw you Bill Davis. You know, he's got right, uh, NASCAR Craftsman Trucks. His, his shop is uh, two miles from the Ford store here. His home is seven miles from the racetrack. And then you have the home office of Bad Boy Moors, who's very big into motorsports, and whether it be sponsoring dirt cars, sponsoring the Lucas Oil Series, sponsoring me. So, uh, yeah, it, it's very big around here. And I will have to say, uh, I'd say the biggest shot in the arm is Mark coming from here, but that got everybody behind it. And, uh, we, man, we've had some great racers come through here. I use guys like Jeremy Payne. He moved from Arizona to Batesville, lived here for two or three years, so he got his foot in the door. And then there's been others to come to here to, to climb that ladder, so to speak, to uh, make it in the world. And, yeah, baseball's a great Our town is great for our sport. You go in a restaurant, we try to get waitresses all wearing racing shirts that weekend, and most of them are happy to do so because they're proud you're in town. This is the seventh Bad Boy 98. In the beginning, I mentioned in 2012, the winner of the race, the winner got $10,000, and he also got a Camaro, a fan. We showed that video. A fan won a Camaro as well. You may not do that anymore, but that to me was kind of an ultimate Mooney Star promotion. When I think of you, I think of things like that. That's really, that's really kind of who you are as a promoter, isn't it? Do you still, do you still sit around? You mentioned it in the beginning and, and think of things like that. Are you constantly scheming about promotions, Mooney? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, I like, I call it gimmicks. I want to have a better gimmick than anybody else. You know, I'm a, I'm a salesman, so I'm going to just like a carny. I want to outsell them. I want to have a bigger ride than you got. <laughs> well, you know, that's a perfect segue to my next question. Give me some of the craziest ideas 
you've ever done for a promotion, maybe even the craziest idea you've ever had, something that worked, something that didn't work. Just just take us into that that stew in, in Mooney Star's mind. What are some of the crazy ones you've done that have worked, that haven't worked, and maybe you haven't done yet? Well, I still like giving the cars away, but the problem with that was the st- different states are different. In right. Arkansas, you have to watch giving away because you're, you're, they're having to buy a ticket to walk inside, and that's actually illegal because you're having that's considered buying a chance. Oh, okay. So if somebody if somebody came up in the parking lot and said, "Give me one of those tickets," I have to give them one to be able to. So that's the reason that I don't give cars away because I actually. I hate to give this away because somebody's going to steal it, but <laughs> I actually, actually, everybody around here goes to Heber Springs, which is the biggest lake in Arkansas, about 30 miles away. I actually was going to give a house away on the lake. Oh, God. And uh, a <laughs> $150,000 house, somebody had my lake home for free. But uh, I can't do it legally because we got a freaking state that thinks we're gamblers, so that's not good. But some of the craziest things, you know, I had a Travis, I wanted to have a big country concert. I don't know music. I don't know nothing about music. Right. And I hired a company out of Nashville, and I had the guy up and coming then named Travis Tritt. Uh, so then this guy said, oh, you got to have opening acts. So I got Cletus T. Judd's opening. Anyway, I spent all this money. Long story short, it was a 150% flop. <laughs> and uh, I lost 126000 I can tell you exactly what I lost because I had to set it up on a note and make payments for six years. And every month when I go make that payment, I cuss Travis Tritt. <laughs> and, can, uh, can you listen to any had, Travis Tritt song now without cussing no, him? Or no, I, I can't stand him. They asked me that now. They said, would you like to meet Mr. Tritt? I said, well, heavens, no. I'm not going to really say what I said. But I, said I can tell more people in here. All they can hear me talk or I can hear better than him. I, so lo- I love that That was one of my story. worst things. What about one of your yeah, best ones? What about one of your best ones? What, what's something that's really you thought, oh, that really stuck, that really well? Actually, obviously, say talking, taking the tops off late models seemed to work out pretty well, don't you think? I want to <laughs> say uh, two things that I have done that, that I've I, that I done. And number one is take the tops off late models. When I first done it, I even had some racers. I remember Scott telling me, Bloom, because he said, you're crazy. Man, I can't <laughs> do that. That's dangerous. I said, you don't ride around with your hands sticking out the roof. You know, right. I said, my my place is built down in a hole, and I said, it's going to look awesome for the fans. And da-da-da. Well, it, now look here. We got the topless 50, the topless 75, the topless 62. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the world wants to be topless, you know. <laughs> and I'll take credit for taking it to the next level. I'm not saying I started it, but they call them Del- Delaware restarts. Nobody would do that on a national level. You're right. You're big, right. And they would not let the big guys do it. And I made them do it, and I took a lot of cussings, but I've always been a big boy, and i got big cheeks, so I make need on my tail. Yep. And I was the first one to do it. And actually, Carl Short invited me to come to the Dirt Track World Championship back, it's probably been 20, 25 years ago. And and he wanted to do double file restarts, but he didn't have the nerve to do it. So he said, look here, I brought Mooney Star in here. He's going to run my show for me this week to, because he wanted me to break the ice and take the cursings, you know. And i done it. And I literally, I remember it was over at Pennsboro on that back straightaway, and, and i never been up in there racing a lot. And, man, I had the mugs throwing beer bottles at me. You know, <laughs> I know up in, the, up in the, what is that called, northeast corner of the world, they don't like me at all. <laughs> but uh, now it's just customary. Everybody does it. It's just, you know, but it took somebody to bring that to the level. So, yeah, I'm going to take a couple shots in the arm because I was the one that started that. kind of makes me feel good when I hear the top was 42 in Wyoming and the top was this <laughs> and that, you know. 
And I love the you know the Delaware restarts. Pee on that. That's Mooney Star restarts. I love. It. We're gonna turn. We're gonna we're gonna try to get those changed officially to Mooney Star restarts. Yeah. We're gonna get the we're gonna yes. pro, we're gonna proposition late moderation to get them changed, Mooney. So <laughs> you're a, you know you're a promoter, and the thing I love about you too is you're a big dirt late model fan. Just just from you being a fan for a second, stop being a promoter and be a fan. Discuss the guys that are coming to town this weekend for the bad boy. Talk it up. Hype the field a little bit. Maybe put your promoter hat back on, but just be a fan for a second. This is a hell of a group now, isn't it? Just be a fan and hype it up for us for a second. This, these guys that will be at Batesville this weekend with Lucas. Well, here's what you got. I mean, you, I have to give them credit. There's things I don't like about Lucas, but there's also they're the NASCAR dirt. They got the cream of the crop. The other series is I know there's other series out there, but they're the Bush Grand National than the Truck Series. Uh, they, they can't compete. I mean, I don't want to hurt feelings, but those, those guys. When when you leave the Lucas, you're leaving the Lucas because you're you can't win, and you're you're running against the best, and people want to go, people want to win, and uh, that's why you have all these A B C D E F G series, these all the series because it's not about the money. Some of them want to win. Now the Lucas guys are about the money, but I got the cream of the crop, and plus I know the, one of those other series are not running, so three or four of those guys are coming. So this will probably be with Mother Nature with us. This would probably be the best field of cars that we've ever had because not only do we have the cream of the crop for the Lucas guys, but we got all the regional guys coming because there's nothing else going on in our area. So you know, you got the Jack Sullivans and the Wendell Wallaces and the Timothy Culps and the, you got all these guys down in here that run good, even when they run against those guys. So yeah, it's it's I always say it's cat's meow. You know, you got you got a cat that, that that's got the best of everything, and I hate cats actually. But, I mean, <laughs> you and me I both. Got the cat, yeah, I like cats, but I have the cats me out right here because I got all the good cars in America coming. You guys are, you know, obviously in the spring, you never quite know what you're going to get with a racetrack in the spring. What can drivers expect this weekend? It's always a little different in the spring as it is in August for the topless. What's the track going to be like this weekend, Mooney? Well, it, 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 here's what I always say. It's the same for all of them. <laughs> but, uh, the, my grandstand here is built on a, on a hillside and holds moisture under the grandstands for about – around June, and it's hard to get that out. And that moisture sets under those grandstands and leaks into turn one, and there's a soft spot, and there's going to be a hole there that's, that's going to be a hole there. And I had a modified race a couple weeks ago, and I told him, I said, guys, here's your option. Go below it, go above it, or go right through it. But it's the hole for everybody. And it's going to be a little bit of rough condition there. But I hate to say this, but that makes better driving. I mean, yeah. everybody's got to work with it. And I'll never forget Dale McDowell told me 20 years ago, you know, my goal, man, I want a picture-perfect racetrack, work myself hard, try to have it perfect. He said, hey, you work too hard, back off. He said, a hole to here or there, it don't hurt. That's character, and we all know where it's at. You know, he said, it makes better racing. And I'll never forget that because, man, I stay out there late at night, a lot of nights, just trying to trying to get the best I can, try to do the best we can. But with the weather this time of year, it's, just, it, it's tough. Last couple things I'm going to ask you. One more thing on Batesville as a town. It is a place where guys come to town early and then they hang out late. So for races on a Friday, Saturday, you're going to get guys on Wednesday or Thursday at Batesville. And they, they may not leave till Sunday, Monday. Sometimes they're hanging out at Lander's shop. They're doing whatever else. Give me a racers in Batesville story that you can tell on the air, Mooney, that you can tell on the air. Be gentle here. <laughs> Give me a good yeah. racers in Batesville story. Maybe about some guys having a good time. Man, they, they do, and, and one of them is, is Lance's shop. He loves to cook. He That's his thing. He loves to cook steaks. and and But, you know, they got an old nasty club here called the Moose, and uh, this is a dry county. And uh, the racers love it because 
it's the only place in America I think you can go to. They stay open until 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, it's a dry county. You can be a member for $5, so they all can afford that. And it's the only place they can go to to see good old country girls without teeth. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, it is, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough place. I hope none of them's listening to me, but I mean, there's some, there's some people that comes to town about twice a year and they come for the races. There you go, the moose turn. If you're in Batesville, you got to remember that, all right? <laughs> yeah. The moose. Uh, last thing, Mooney, you may not remember this, but I'm going to bring this story up before I let you go. When I was a senior in college in 2004, obviously I, I run and operate Dirt on Dirt now, and I, it's safe to say Dirt on Dirt's become a pretty big success over the last decade, but my first job offer in dirt late model racing was from a guy named Mooney Starr. When I called him as a senior in college and I was getting ready to graduate and you were running the Mars series at the time and you needed some help with the Mars series and you know I had a broadcasting degree and you asked me if I'd be interested in coming down there and helping with the Mars series. I ended up getting a job in Wisconsin at NBC, but at the time you were the first person to offer me a job in dirt late model racing. So I'd like to think that says something about your character and that you can identify talent. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that, but that's good. You know, <laughs> right, you know, that, right. You know that, that's something else I take, you know, I, I, that Mars series when I started that in 2000, uh, man, that was the hottest regional series in the country. 100% agree. You know, yep. and, uh, yeah, I mean, I had, I mean, Bill Fry, Terry Phillips, went to, well, I had the hitters every week for just a regional series, and, and it, it was very good for five years. It was just, it's just more workload. You know, I can't do the car business that I do and, and my racetrack and a series and do them justice to do all that. You know, I, I actually work about eight jobs now, so I put my racetrack on a second burner because cars are number one to me because that's my love and passion. But uh, racing's right behind it. When I get off here, I go out there at night. But yeah, I actually don't remember that. But yeah, I guess I, I can recognize good talent. <laughs> that's why I was there. See, turn. I was fishing for a yeah. compliment uh -huh. there, uh, Mooney. The best drivers in the country will be in Batesville, Arkansas, this weekend for the twenty thousand dollar to win Bad Boy ninety eight at Mooney and County Stars Batesville Motor Speedway. Dirt on Dirt will have complete coverage all weekend long. Mooney, it is always awesome to talk to you. We really appreciate it. I know the weather is always dicey this time of year. I think you're going to dodge it this weekend. Hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, but good luck this weekend, man. And thanks for hopping on the air with us. Man, I appreciate it. I actually, I will probably make a you know some kind of game time decision on Wednesday okay. afternoon because weekly racing, you know, you can wait a little longer. But on this kind of racing, guys got to leave from a long distance and right. and I, you, you, here's the thing, real quick story. I, my time's sure. up, but about uh, three weeks ago, I had an enduro race, and on Monday it said 100 percent chance of rain for that Saturday. <laughs> and my wife said, "You don't call it off?" I said, "Well, these guys don't travel, so let's just wait." You know. By Tuesday, it was 70%. Anyway, by Thursday, it was 0% chance. Right. I mean, so that's the only job in America that you can get paid not know nothing. You just got to look good <laughs> and have pretty suits to get on TV. I should, and, have been, I should have been a weather guy instead of a sports guy is what you're saying. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, all you, all you got to do is get some good-looking clothes and, and keep your hair groomed and be able to speak better language than I do. And you can get a job because they just guess at it. But, I mean... Within a couple of days, they'll know, and, you know, if it's 90% chance of rain, I don't need to say, yeah, y'all come on, and I right. get here and rain out because I'm not just trying to make the moose money. Sure. So, <laughs> but we're, we're kind of watching. It does not look favorable as we speak because now they're, they're not supposedly supposed to rain as much as snow. Yeah. yeah. But I have literally been on my racetrack on a tractor with a snowflakes repairing a racetrack before it still rains. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty crazy. If I think I can do it, I'm going to try it. All right, Mooney. Bad Boy 98 this weekend, man. Good luck. Thank you very much. Turn just to recap there. We had Travis Tritt. Uh, will not listen to Travis Tritt. We had the Moose, 
turn with country girls with no teeth. Did you get all that from Mooney? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was listening. I'm telling you what, he is one of the best interviews at all of Dirt Late Model Racing. When we come back, Turn and I are about to fist fight over the Waffle House. And I will school him on just how wrong he is. Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live continues after this. Mark Martin Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Are you infected? Do you have the symptoms? It's called spring fever, and it's highly contagious. If you need a cure for spring fever, you'll find it at the 5th Annual MLRA Spring Nationals. Presented by RacingJunk.com. Two full nights of high-octane, late-model action at the Heartland's finest racing facility. Want more? There's great food, cold drinks, and midway attractions for all ages. It happens April 13th and 14th, and it's only at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. For tickets and info, visit LucasOilSpeedway.com. Lucas Oil Speedway, the fastest in family fun. Late Model Racing Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast parking by my butt here, Ryan. Uh, it's just it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Tina goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Ramp. Slide job for Keep it right, yes he can. Up to the race lead. And wins. And takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. Josh Richards in a backup car comes in the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it gonna be at the line? Oh no! I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won! Shepard, your new leader. Checkered flag awaits. Here comes men, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win a blue shot. Billy Moyer Jr. is going to have a shot at him going into three. Unzickers had trouble with that car stand on the bottom. Into three and off of four at the line. Oh, that one was too close to call. He's behind Chris Wall, Pearson to the outside. Here they come, the drag race out of four at the line. It's gonna be Jared Landers wins. Owens is gonna get second, maybe. Richard shows the nose to Fuller. Fuller drags him down the back stretch into three. Final time, final quarter. Checker flags waving. Slide job by Richards, he wins it. Fuller second. Those pieces of video from Peoria, Batesville, and Tyler County, all three of them having major late model events this weekend. Hopefully the weather holds out and we get some finishes just like that. A week after nerding out, and I mean nerding out, over Fortnite, Turn is back in his, I don't know, I guess Fortnite's your comfort zone too, but he's back in his real comfort zone with food. What's that supposed to mean? He's back in his real comfort zone with food this week where we might have a bigger fight than I had with my staff about Billy Moyer being in the damn top 25 last week. Let's wait. Let's get to it. Here's this week's Turns Turn. 
no, no. He's not no. dancing with me this I, week. Because What's going you're on? so wrong about this that I just cannot wait to discuss it. All right. So we're going to talk wrong. about late. Go ahead. Okay, I'm, Donald Trump. I'm sad, wrong, sad, sad, wrong. Go ahead. I, I'm letting you finish. Go. So we're talking about late night food because, uh, you know, coming back from LaSalle, we got back, we tore down all our live stuff. It was late, not a, stu- a lot of stuff open. And, uh, you know, that got me thinking. I was like, well, a lot of racers, you know, travel late at night. What are your top food choices? And so I decided to come up with my top five mm-hmm. food choices. I, I do love the premise, by the way. Love the premise. Go All ahead. Right. So here I'm going to start with the blank screen. Well, just I'm going to throw number five on here. Oh, Waffle God. House. Oh, my God. So, Under no circumstance Waffle should this House, be in the top uh, 500 rankings of anything. Waffle House sucks. It's terrible. You're wrong. That's my opinion, and I'm right about it. Turn, continue your segment. Real quick, give, give everybody your uh, Twitter handle so they can at you about Waffle House. At MFR Dirt on Dirt. At me all day long, I will tell <laughs> you how terrible Waffle House is. Go ahead, turn. All right, so Waffle House, I mean, makes my top five. You know, when I started as an intern, uh, Waffle House was a summer national staple you'd get done you'd be editing video you go to the nearest waffle house stupid, so stupid. I, I, would you argue that denny's would go over waffle house of course denny's is better than waffle house <laughs> waffle house huddle house might be the only lower on the food chain of late night 24-hour breakfast options perkins of course being the highest right perkins then uh you know we don't have a ton of them around here denny's maybe next but uh, waffle house and huddle house just the the gum on my boot turn all right well i threw waffle house on there because it was it it made my internship here at dirt on dirt uh i ate a lot of grand slams that's uh, denny's that's denny's yeah, uh the love of god you don't even now, know <laughs> now go I can't think continue of it. all right 24-hour subway is my number four uh if you can find a gas station truck stop with a 24-hour subway uh, I mean, I think that I think we can agree on that one that that's on the list for sure. I would agree with that. A little more healthy of an option you can get. This is, by the way, this would be a 24-hour subway. Yes, Let's be specific about that. I, yeah. I can get behind the 24-hour subway. Turn, of course, a former subway employee. Let's be yeah. clear about that. Yeah. Also. Number three, Taco Bell, classic. Run for the border. <laughs> Run for the border. Uh, I mean, classic Taco Bell. I mean, obviously, you got to hit the 2 a.m. right on a lot of them. So. Uh, you know, we, one of the places we always come home and we hit a uh, Taco Bell is Eldora every single time. Greenville, Indiana's Taco Bell many times. Steak and Shake, uh, close second. God it close bless second. It almost took the top spot because uh, I love Steak and Shake. I'll go to Steak and Shake in the daytime. I mean, I won't even. I think in any other universe without, and I know what's number one, Steak and Shake would be number one. You agree. But this yes. number one option. Uh, oh. So I will admit there might be a little bit of a bias here because we don't have it and because when we go to get it, it is like our number one thing, and that is a Sheets. Woo-hoo! The, the fact that you can walk into a gas station slash restaurant, whatever you want to call it, and go up to a, you know, a touchscreen and you can put mozzarella sticks, you can put waffles, waffles you can put <laughs> Doritos, Whatever you can imagine on a burger, and they just make it all, and it spits out a receipt, and it's it's just amazing. Uh, if you and it's all kind of eastern area, you know. When we go to like Lernerville, oh. uh, I eat at Sheets roughly five to turn. 10 times I once a day. in a firecracker. This is not an exaggeration. A three-day firecracker 100 had Sheets nine times in three days. That's how much I love Sheets. And you go up. What happens, turn? You go up there and you're like. I'm only going to get a burger. What ends up happening, turn? You get 14 <laughs> items. 14 items. You get chicken strips, popcorn chicken, oh, yes. a burger, uh, yes. a wrap, 
French fries, onion rings, and all of it, and then you know you hate yourself ten minutes later. Let me see so. that. Top. Can you throw that list up one more yeah, time? Sure. The full list one more time. I'm mentally crossing off Waffle House, just pretending it's not on the list. Turn. All right. If you had to fill the five hole, what would you put there? I would go with a Denny's easily over a Waffle House. I would go with a uh, Applebee's a lot of times till two. And listen, I prefer to eat local and not eat at chain restaurants, but we don't have that option at two a.m. Right. So right. Uh, you know, I, I would definitely go a late night Applebee's over a Waffle House. The fact that you have Waffle House on there, I am considering firing you. That's how strongly I feel about it. I mean, should I get up now or no? No, we... let's go ahead and finish the show. Good segment though this week. Turn. <laughs> I like that. By the way, at Dirt on Dirt, at Dirt on Dirt, give us your best late night food options we know billy moyer jr loves steak and shake so i know he's gonna have that on there your best late night food options by the way if you've noticed uh the lighting a little different on turns camera this week turn let's take a look at that (laughs) no folks don't adjust your screen at home turn is on the hot seat turn is on the hot seat that's why it's a little red over there are you feeling turn where's the tramp stamp you getting a little high back low back where's it going everybody let's calm down suave gets another lock right and if the tattoo bet started today you would have that tramp stamp turn your thoughts back on the hot seat i want to see it one more time he's trying to there he's on the hot seat he's trying to keep it growing turn how do you feel he's three and two i mean he's got a shot i'll admit that you know i he came out of speed weeks even, and and I wasn't too nervous because I know there's a lot of racing still. Sure, sure. But, uh, you know, him hitting Simpson, and after Friday, I was like, Bab or, you know, why somebody's <laughs> got this, and uh, here comes Simpson. Don't, so. don't at me about the white balance, people. Turns on the hot <laughs> seat over there. Let's take a look at this week's Suave's Lock of the Week. Suave's Lock of the Week. Are you nervous yet? Down the back straight away, ladies and gentlemen, the final night of the Hilker Trucking Thaw Brawl, your winner, Chris Simpson in 32. After I called my shot with Chris Simpson this past week in LSL for the Thaw Brawl, my record improves to three and two. And Turney boy, I show no signs of slowing down. You think Turn's nervous right now? I moved my uh, suave lock of the week to three and two. Damn right, that's that's good. Uh, that, that cold beer's gonna taste good on the ride home too. This weekend, I'm taking my talents to Batesville, Arkansas for the Bad Boy 98. And this pick took no time at all. Give me the Dirt Tracks Dominator Scott Bloomquist to pick up the win. It's simple. He's a Batesville guru, and this weekend will be the same. Book it right now, baby. The Voodoo Child improves my record of 4-2, and and that's Suave's Lock of the Week. It's such an awesome day. New year, but the same old squad. So give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Oh, Derek, no need to be in anguish now. Three and two right now. Remember, loser gets a tattoo. And speaking of that, I'm going to make a very special phone call. I don't often do this. I'm surprising turn with this right now. I'm going to make a very special phone call right now. We're letting it ring through on the air. We're letting it ring through on the air. Let's hope he answers, turn. Let's hope he answers. I hope so. He might be working. I know he's very busy right now. Hello. Is this Dan? This is Dan. Dan, believe it or not, you are live on the air with Michael Rigsby and Michael Turn Reiners right now. Dan, I don't want to tell folks at home who you are yet. Turn, before we tell people who Dan is, throw up the email that we got last week. Good evening, Michael. I've missed a few episodes of Late Model Live. 
This is the first I've heard of the tattoo bet. I am a professionally licensed tattoo artist in Omaha, Nebraska. Whoever loses this bet, get them to Omaha, and I will offer my services for a shameless plug on DoD. Have a great night, and thank you for your time. Dan Bailey from Liquid Courage Tattoo in Omaha. Dan now joins us on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Turn is really freaking nervous right now, Dan. Can you just take us through a little bit? It, to tell him it doesn't hurt, right? The loser of this tattoo, it's a pain-free process. Well, you know, it's not pain-free, <laughs> but oh, it's not terrible. <laughs> Look how many people are covered in tattoos now. Exactly. Like you, it's not that bad. So, Dan, you work you in Omaha. Go ahead, go ahead. What was that? I'm sorry. No, I said you work in Omaha. We actually stayed at the Race Note shop a couple of years ago, and you reminded me your shop is right down the street. So the loser of this bet has to get a tattoo. They want to do a temporary. I'm pushing them towards a permanent. You've seen both Derek and Turn. What kind of tattoo do you envision for either of them? You know, it, we, we could let them pick, you know, what each other gets. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing offensive, nothing terrible. Just a little memorial to the to the lock of the week bet. I, I absolutely love it. Dan, tell folks where in Omaha your shop is. So if people are in Omaha and need a tattoo, maybe for the Silver Dollar Nationals, where would they find your uh, your tattoo shop? Uh, we're located in uh, on 809 South 75th in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, Liquid Courage Tattoo. Um one of the busiest shops in the city. So, and and one last thing, I've said they both kind of want to go tramp stamp area on this. Just, do you do any tramp stamps anymore, Dan? Especially for men. Uh, uh, you know what? I have. It, <laughs> it, it, I wish people wouldn't call them that anymore because that's some of the best spots for people to get tattooed. What else? But, do we have a new you know, name? People kind of ruined it. A turn stamp, perhaps we can move it there, over. There you go. I'll, right. I'll even. I'll even send my services as, as to draw up some artwork for oh. these two gentlemen oh, that, no. that could, uh, could have to do with the lock of the week. This Now you've blown our mind. i got to get to commercial break, Dan, but I, we're going to keep giving Liquid Courage in Omaha plugs. Will you mock up a few designs for Turn and Derek and I, maybe send them over to We'll I, show them on air. I will. Yes. Yep, we'll... Uh, I, we'll, we'll shoot for to have some stuff for next week. I absolutely love it. Dan, you've got two weeks. We're off next week, so this gives you even more time. Dan Bailey from Liquid Courage Tattoo in Omaha, Nebraska. Dan, we're going to be touching base with you all season long now. We're going to make this a recurring thing, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm game, 100%. All right, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah we'll see you guys. Turn. I mean, it's getting real now. We got now I'm nervous. <laughs> now I'm nervous. We just had a tattoo artist on the on the line. I I love it. And it's one of the best parts of the show this week. We're getting ready to head to another commercial break. I'm making Turn read this commercial break to get us to commercial. Now he's sweating a little bit. Turn, get us to commercial break. Here. Oh boy. So you know, now that we're done talking about tattoos, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a commercial break. I'm gonna collect myself. Uh, uh, we'll be back here in a second.
the feature. Andy Savory and Todd Turner have been hard at the stat machine these past few weeks. Thought this one was an interesting one in quick time last week. It was for when the Lucas Oil champion and what month the eventual champion got the lead. Now you look at that Josh Richards uh, last year got it in February. Scott Bloomquist, April. You go down the line, March, March, April, March, February, February, April, April. Now, one thing last year, Josh did lose. Turn, leave this up here. Josh did lose the lead but got it back. The point of this is, though, if you're going to be making a move, now is the time to do it. It gets harder and harder to get the lead later in the season uh, and then get it back. Of course, PFC breaks, brings us quick time every week. I just thought uh, that was interesting to me, Turn. I, I thought that in our sport, yeah, you can win a championship, et cetera, et cetera, but if you're going to get the lead, it's better to do it. You'd rather play from ahead, as they say in sports, than play from behind. Let's finish this. I mean, after tramp stamp, turn stamp, swap oh stamp, let's finish this show strong with five to go. Number five, the Spring Nationals got off to a great start last weekend at Sonoya and roll right into this weekend in Tennessee. Two more great spots, two high-banked racetracks and places that are just fun as hell. Crossville on Friday night, what might be the slide jobinest track in America right now for $4,000 to win. And look at the Spring Nationals coming back with another 10000 to win race Saturday at the Bad Fast Tazd, the highest of all high-banked racetracks in the country to cap the weekend at Tazwell and Brady Cup's Gary Hall's joint. Wanted to pick Brandon Overton for a sweep. He's going to Batesville. So how about Ricky Weiss getting at least one this weekend and continuing his breakout campaign? Number four, the weather in central Illinois is weird. It snowed 10 inches a week ago. Then we race at LaSalle. Then the next day it snows three more inches in the middle part of Illinois, so no one knows exactly what the hell to make of it. But we soldier on. Peoria Speedway, the quarter mile, hosting their annual spring UMP race for 5,000 to win. This one could be good. Jason Fager in a new rocket. Ryan Unzicker, always good at Peoria. I suspect we'll see Kevin Weaver in that Jimmy John's car this weekend. The field is going to be solid. I like the high side hustler to get his first win of the year and first win of the new XR1. Peoria, five grand on Saturday night. Number three, last week we got the debut of the Ultimate Northeast Series, and now this week the Ultimate MOV region kicks off. That's the Mid-Ohio Valley for those scoring at home, picking a good spot to the Watson family's Tyler County Speedway for $5,000. The bull ring is usually really fun in the spring because it's got some character to it after all the weather. I'd expect the same on Saturday. Derek Dahl gave us an emotional victory lane last year at Tyler County, and I think he gives us a win this weekend. Number two from one Ultimate Series to another. This one, my favorite abbreviated name in all of late model racing, U-Bob. The Ultimate Battle of the Bluegrass Series starts their 2018 campaign at Brownstown Speedway as the Jackson County Fairgrounds kicks off its year as well. Now keep in mind, U-Bob Saturday, three grand. Friday, they've got their No Way Out 40 for 2000 that's unsanctioned. This is old school Brownstown and that they used to do these back-to-back -back nighters all the time in the 90s, so us lovers of the quarter mile are digging this. I'll go Kent Robinson one night, and I'll go Steve Casebolt the other. Fun double dip in southern Indiana. 
And number one, as if two Ultimate Series weren't enough for the weekend, how about one more? This one, the OG, the original gangster, the Ultimate Southeast, makes their yearly stop at County Line Raceway in Elm City, North Carolina. Now remember, Series Director Kelly Carlton told us a few weeks ago over 10 guys are running the Ultimate Tour this year, and this will be their second points race of the year. David Payne is due an Ultimate win. I'll give him the edge this weekend to pick up $4,000 on Saturday night. Good races. Get to the racetrack. That was five to go. Turn, we'll have a lot of coverage this weekend. Many of those we just mentioned. Takeaway, shameless plug. Indeed. Uh, Lucas Oil at Batesville, which we talked about with Mooney Star. Spring Nationals at Crossville. Spring Nats at Taswell. UMP at Peoria. Sending Derek over there this weekend. Suaverino. I'm, I'm usually the uh, the Peoria beat reporter, but uh, he is heading over there this weekend. Uh, Ultimate at County Line and Ultimate Northeast at Tyler County. Another good weekend. We've got some pay-per-views coming up later this month. Uh, one of our favorite ones to do, a Lucas Oil race at Macon, the you-pick-apart race, 100 laps around the fifth mile. We absolutely love it. We'll be there April 28th. And then, of course, another Lucas race. Just over a month from that, the $25,000 win. Salute to the Troop 75 as we return to LaSalle Speedway June 1st and 2nd. Turn, we get uh, a lot of shameless plugs. I wanted to thank the people that tweet us on each Saturday and Sunday as well. Well, Eddie Hearn uh, mentioned us. There it is right there. Nothing like a Sunday morning with flooded video content on Dirt on Dirt. Uh, keep those coming, folks. We really do appreciate those. It makes our shooters, writers, and everybody else feel really good. Want to finish the show with the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. And, okay, this one's been bubbling since Friday night for Michael Rigsby. You know we had a photo finish Friday night. Turn, take a look at it. Let's take a look. Here it is. Here we go. Ricky Weiss, Shayna Babb coming to the checkered flag. LaSalle's a tough place to shoot, and wouldn't you know it, bing, there he is. <laughs> Kyle Ledford, Fairberry area guy, friend of Dirt on Dirt, one of Derek Kessinger's best friends, good friend of mine. We absolutely love Ledford. He's helped us on live productions before at Cedar Lake and other places. And here's Goober Squad and his friends standing up in the middle of the damn checkered flag. He does look happy, Turn. I'll give he him that. Do me a favor, Dirt Late Model World. Tweet him, at Kyle Ledford 10. Look at his big goofball face right there. <laughs> at Kyle Ledford 10. Can you re-rack that clip one more sure. time? Re-rack it one more time, because I want to see it. I want to hear the sound effect. Here we come. Oh, my God. Bab and Weiss. Oh, boy. I hope nobody stands up. We told them not to. Bing. There he is, <laughs> at Kyle Ledford 10. We love you, Ledford, but come on, bro. You know the deal. You can't stand up. Of course, the, who remembers last year, who doesn't forget last year, I should say, Jack Sullivan and Kay Dillard had a, a bit of an on-track incident turn. Here's yeah. that video from Facebook. That's Jack Sullivan flipping Kay Dillard, Ugh, mad at him under yellow. But let's fast forward to better times turn. Look at this. This past weekend after Cade wins a comp cams race, Jack with his arm around Cade Dillard as Tyler Herb awkwardly smiles on. Uh, I love you, Turbo. Uh, there you go. How about that? Jack and Cade have made amends. I love that. Timothy Colt made his way to Sonoya for the first time this past weekend. And, and I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Colt's first time there or not. It might have been. I think it was. I'll check on that. Uh, but everyone knows Sonoya slick. Look at this tweet. Actual footage of me trying to make a lap around Sonoya brings a whole new meaning to slip, uh, slick. If you play that gif, it's literally this dude skating around. I love it. Uh, turn, one thing we're doing on the website I love is 
when you use the search engine at the top of Dirt on Dirt, you would say, I'm looking for Macon Speedway video. You type in Macon, and in the drop-down box, you select video and click search. It will bring up every video for Macon. One thing we'd failed at, though, is we hadn't always labeled the years because we didn't want to get people confused. But now we're going back and retroactively labeling those. So this is just December last year. Look at this. Every race now slowly will start having the year attached to it. So Macon 17, 16, 15, it will just be a better experience for our website users. I'm looking forward to our own Kane Runyon tackling that project. Also love this. I love when dads and moms email the show. Jason Hyatt's dad, Jason Hyatt, broke the track record this past weekend at Talladega Short Track. And I loved his dad said, hey, Rigsby, can you put this on the show? Hashtag proud dad. Here is Jason Hyatt breaking the track record at Talladega Short Track this past weekend. I love it. Thank you, Mr. Hyatt, for sending that video in. I really appreciate that. One final note, thoughts and prayers to Carlton Lamb, of course, the uh, patriarch of the Dunn-Benson Empire down there in Fayetteville, huge supporter of dirt track racing, had some health issues lately. We wanted to send our thoughts and prayers out to the Lamb family, and we hope for a speedy recovery to one of the best families in all of the sport. We are off the next few weeks. Got some internal house cleaning to do, and then Turn goes on vacation. Turn, tell people what kind of vacation you're going on. I'm going to kill, kill some turkeys. What do the turkeys do to you? They tasted delicious. We will return on April 24th as the season starts to ramp up at that point. Don't forget to download the Dirt on Dirt app from the App Store or the Google Play Store if you're an Android user, Turn, if you're an Android user. <laughs> Same great content on the website that's on the app, just in pocket-sized form. Keep the faith on the weather. We're going to get there. From Michael Reiners, Derek Kessinger, and the rest of the Dirt on Dirt staff, we will see you in two weeks. Have fun. Avoid the weather this weekend. That was Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live.